So how much time do you spend preparing for the logistics of your presentation? Sorting out all the things that really need to get right? Well, it's something that most presenters often overlook. So in this episode of the Sales and Presentation Podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you how to really get the logistics of your preparation for your presentation spot on. Welcome to the Sales and Presentation Podcast. This is the podcast for businesses and individuals who want to transform their sales activity, deliver awesome presentations and win more sales pitches. And now, here is your host, Trevor Lee. Welcome everybody. This is episode 68 of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. My name is Trevor Lee. I'm here every week to share with you top tips and ideas for transforming your sales, winning more sales pitches and delivering awesome presentations. Now, as I've done with the last two or three episodes, I'm also recording this as a video with slides. (laughs) So you can uh, go to my YouTube channel if you just go to Trevor Lee Media on YouTube and you'll be able to watch the slide voiceover version of this podcast. There's a different way of doing it. But anyway, let's get in let's get into the topic today because preparing your presentation and getting the logistics right are really really important. So, over the next few minutes I'm going to share with you some thoughts and ideas along the lines of time, the venue and seating, your speaking position, screen and projector, how to use microphones, making sure you've got the audio correct, any connections you need, the clicker and then your introduction, other presenters, and working as a team as well. So one of the most important things in any presentation is to run on time. This is particularly important if you're speaking at an event and you've been allocated a certain amount of time. It's the one thing that, frankly, most presenters are pretty hopeless at. You need to be confident that you're going to get this right without having to constantly check your watch or something or, or, or that. Or worst case scenario is that you just overrun and get hauled off. And as I've said in other presentations, if that happens, then you chances are you miss out on your summary. So let me remind you, if you haven't heard this message from me before, when you practice your presentation, do so in 80 to 85% of the time you've been allocated. Because two things. One, you'll probably go a bit slower on the day because in practice we never quite do it the same as we do in real life. And secondly, as you start to enjoy the presentation on the day, you're going to add to that little story you told yourself in practice. You're going to think of something else to throw in. There'll be a bit of spontaneous humour within the audience that you need to deal with and act upon them, which is great, but it all adds to the time. So you need that buffer. So if you've got a 10-minute presentation, eight minutes in practice. Right, that's number one, part of your logistics for your preparation. Number two is to check out the venue. Now, it may not be practical for you to visit the venue where you're going to be speaking or presenting, but if you can, that's really, really important, particularly if it's going to be in a large, larger place, you know, a conference room or a hotel room or something like that. You need to find out what it looks like, how it feels. So I always try and go and visit the venue if I can or look it up online, things like that. Of course, you know, you may be doing a presentation that's just in a coffee shop. So if that's the case, think about how that's going to work and what kit you need for that. Probably just your laptop. It might be that you have the advantage of doing the presentation in your own office. So clearly you've got a lot of opportunity, therefore, to to manage the situation. But chances are, you know, it might be that you're going to someone else's office or indeed you're going to a conference event or centre. 
So, you know, it's really important that you 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 try and get a feel for the venue and it could be a it could be a lecture room as well, you know, you might find yourself with that tiered seating. I mean, that would be, you know, that's pretty good. I like that because everyone can see you and you can see everybody else. One of the most important things to try and work out and get to know before you start your presentation is where you're going to be speaking from. Because I often turn up to do events and I find that, or run workshops, and I find that the speaking position is a bit too close to the audience. So I will take the opportunity of shuffling the chairs around a bit to make sure that I've got the position that I want. Now, sometimes you're, you're kind of forced to do, you're forced to end up speaking behind a lectern because that's, they've only got a fixed microphone. You might have to make sure that, you know, when you're working, you might have a projector that points, you know, straight at the screen and therefore you have to stand out the way of the of the light source. So, you know, it's an important thing, speaking position, and it's a thing that most presenters just never even consider. Also, one of the crucial things, I think, is the screen size. What tends to happen in the vast majority of presentations is that people create slides or rather they create content on slides that just is no good for the screen size. The screen is just usually too small for the slides that people are trying to put on there because they put too much content on the slide. And, you know, there is we did a we, I'm sure we did back in the day. We did a uh, one of these podcasts about uh, death by PowerPoint. I'm sure I'd have to look that up what number that was, but it is out there somewhere. So, you know, download death by PowerPoint, one of the earlier podcasts and uh, listen to the ideas in that. Screen size is a real issue for most presenters and simply because they walk in there and they think, oh, goodness me. So find out what sort of screen size you're using. Someone will be able to tell you. They better measure it for you or send you a photo. You know, why why use slides at all? You know, drop the slides. Um, you know, think about using some props. They can be very effective. I did a session uh, a couple of weeks ago at the AGM of a regional law firm and I was doing two sessions uh, the same session twice for two groups of people on the cust on customer experience. And each session was 30 minutes. And I was warned in advance that there were a couple of other sessions going on and therefore it was unlikely I was going to have, you know, a projector and a screen available. Now, I do have my own kit and I could have taken it along. But I thought, no, no, I'm going to do something without it. So I took along, and if you're watching the YouTube version of this, you'd better see a picture of my uh, suitcase, my 1970s version of PowerPoint. And in there, I had various props and, and, and graphic boards and all this sort of stuff. And I did a presentation with, with you know, I, which I thought went down really well, but without using any PowerPoint or check. As is the projector. What sort of projector are you going to get? And as I mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes you end up with a projector that, you know, sits on a table and beams at the screen. Now, a lot of, you know, a lot of this sort of stuff where you don't have that light source. But occasionally when you're doing a presentation and it's an event that's in a hotel room and they're not used to, uh, you know, having, uh, comp they're not really considered these days is if you're using, you know, particularly if you're using your own kit, like your own laptop or your own iPad, you know, the connectors that you need. I just don't like being out of control of how it's all going to work. So I take my own sort of uh, HDMI cable. I've got a, an extended HDMI cable and I've got my own connectors that connect. And that is that, you know, you can see on the iPad what, what slides are going through. So that's a good way of a prompt for you as well. Um, check out uh, what microphones are going to be there. Uh, ideally, you want a, a wireless lapel microphone is the ideal thing. So ask if you can have one of those. If you you know it might be in your hand with so that's not ideal but it does mean that you know you need to know that in advance so there's no surprises 
And uh, don't forget, of course, with microphones, if if uh, if there is a big event and there is a microphone available, you know, I would always advise you to use it because most people decide not to use microphones and they and then people people simply can't hear them. So try if there is a microphone there, then make sure you use it. The other thing you need to check in terms of audio is um, is how the audio system for you know works in the in the place that you're delivering your presentation at. Because if you're using somebody else's system and you're using a video, for example, then do do check that. Make sure that people can hear the video. I've been to lots of presentations where people bring on these snazzy videos and then to their horror realize that no one can hear them because they didn't do the audio check first. And then there's a lot of fiddling around trying to make sure people can hear it and and somebody who doesn't know what they're doing comes along and twiddles some knobs and still doesn't work. <laughs> and, uh, so, it, you know, and then, of course, you've lost your momentum. And it's terrible when that happens, you know, when you're doing a presentation. So, um, you know, make sure that's right. Another way of losing momentum is, you know, if you rely on a, a live Internet connection for your presentation, even with super fast broadband, I still think it's a bit of a high risk strategy that you go live in a presentation with an internet connection. So be absolutely sure you're going to get a good connection. It's going to work really, really well. And really, you know, do you really need to do a live internet connection as a part of a presentation? You know, uh, test that out. Oh, and then don't forget, of course, you know, you, there might be some clicker situation involved. And uh, I always think, you know, I like to be in control of doing my own clicking. Um, I've got my own clicker, so it links up to my iPad through a Bluetooth connection. So, you know, I'm kind of all sorted. But for many of you, you're not going to have that because you're not doing presentations that often. So, again, just check the clicker. Make sure you understand how it works. It, again, it's one of those embarrassing things, isn't it? You get presenters who turn up to do a presentation and then they, how does the clicker work? And then they press it the wrong way. And oh, it's just a bit amateurish, isn't it, really? So you want to be a professional, slick presenter. So, you know... Check the clicker out before you arrive. So now, those are the things you need to check before you get there. Now, a few other top tips to think about for actually the logistics of it. So number one um, would be to make sure that you arrive early at the destination where you're presenting, particularly if you haven't had a chance to be there before. So get there early, check it all out, fiddle around with the seats if you can, where are you going to be presenting from. And I would always load up my presentation and check it. Go through the first two or three slides, and if you've got that video, make sure you check the audio. So get there early before anybody else arrives, you know, and do all that. I often turn up, and if I'm a speaker at an event, a, a breakfast or something, and then people, you know, while the staff are laying out the breakfast tables, you know, putting the cutlery out, I'm doing the first few minutes of my presentation. And so, um, you know, but do that. It's great. And, and you'll feel much more relaxed if you know it's all going to work. And of course, it will. If you're feeling nervous about presenting, then you'll get even more nervous if you're not sure about the kit and how it all works. So, get there early, get it all sorted, get it set up, relax, and then you can go and enjoy your presentation. My other top tip is that if there is an order of speakers, then get on first if you can. There are lots of advantages of going first because your audience are fresh, they're looking forward to it, and there's no chance that anybody before you is going to, you know, interfere with your time. So. My my strategy is to always ask the event organizer if I know there's going to be more than me presenting, can I please go first? I'd love to go first. So it's a really important thing. Get on first if you can. Most people won't even think about asking to go on first and there'll be some sort of random order. So get on first. 
The other thing is if you're going to be introduced when you do your presentation, then write the introduction. Write the introduction, email it to the in large font with you as well so they can read it. Okay, don't make it too lengthy, of course. Um, but if you've got your introduction written in advance, then there's no surprises for you. And ideally, you want someone to introduce you because, you know, it's not great having to do your own introduction. So check that out. And also, don't forget to get your prompt cards prepared. These are just, the, you know, your postcards with a one word per slide on there. I use them all the time, pretty much. And I, you know, you've got to be, you won't forget anything then. It's like, it's like a safety net, really. Also gives you something to hold in your hand as well. So these are all part of the, the preparation. And then one of the other most important things is what happens if the whole thing goes down? You know, the whole system stops. There's an equipment failure. I'm sure, like me, you've been to presentations where that's happening. I, I compared a media conference a few years ago now in Cheshire, I think it was. 300 delegates and two-day conference and about halfway through the second morning, everything stopped. And it was about 20 minutes before the scheduled coffee break and the organisers were keen that not to let the audience go for coffee early because the coffee wasn't ready and it would have cocked up the timetable. So my job as compare was to keep the audience in their seats, basically. So I went through a, a reminder of a few things that were coming up during the day and then uh, still no technology return. So I then got through, I got. I, I took the goodie bag. So my plan B was then to go through the goodie bag and pull out every item in the conference goodie bag and explain how it worked and the benefits of it. So um, that was a really interesting exercise, as you can imagine. Right, last couple of things. You know, think about from a planning point of view what you're going to wear. You know, you may have heard me in previous podcasts say that, you know, wear clothes that you feel confident in, that you're looking forward to, you know, because you is a performance when you do a presentation. You need to feel good about yourself. So whatever that means. And then finally, you know, um, in terms of preparation, what happens if you're doing a team presentation? Because team presentations are always opportunities for disaster, really. <laughs> because simply no one really challenges this question. So who's going to do what in the team presentation? <laughs> Everybody needs to have a role. And if I, I did a, um, a piece of work a couple of years ago now for a, a PR company who did a lot of pitches. And it turned out that, you know, there'd be five or six of them, you know, on the pitch contributing. And they hadn't really got any roles. It was, and, and it, it sounded like complete chaos to me. So I think you know, if there are, if there is a team, then you know, get some roles sorted out. And my advice would be: someone does the introduction, and then one or two people do the core content, and then someone does the summing up and handles the Q and A. And that could be the same person who did the introduction. But you know, work to your strengths. Get your best presenter probably to do the bits in the middle, the one who knows the most about your processes, your product or service, and get and get your other best, you know, in any presentation, come on, ladies and gentlemen, let's not wing it, all right? It's too risky. A presentation is a brilliant opportunity, so don't wing it. Ideas in this podcast really useful and that they'll help you, you know, deliver an awesome this, uh, presentation. This podcast is now available in a video version on the YouTube. That's Trevor Lee Media is the to search for. If you're new to the podcast, then please subscribe. That would be fantastic. So there we go. That is the end of the podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Lee. I'll be back next week another episode of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. So until then, 
make sure you make and all the sales opportunities that come your way. Thank you for listening. The Sales and Presentation Podcast is a production of Trevor Lee Media. If your organization needs to transform its sales activity and re-energize its sales team, or you need help with a key presentation or sales pitch, then please get in touch with Trevor via trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or call him on 07785 390 717. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes or via your podcast app. Thank you.